When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready for war? Then bring it on. Not craftmatic like a stripper. When it's out, you throw your cash at it. Hope I don't rat at it from the hash and grass at it. I spit in mad rapid like I took a bath. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the WWE Rundown. I'm your host, Troy. Joining me this week, as always, the man, the myth, the legend. Jason's here. Uh, I am. Uh, it, it, it was a tough week to watch wrestling, but I am here to, I guess, break down what the things I found interesting were. Yes, that is what we do. It's going to be a very quick list, though. Hey, you know, hey, hey, yo, we, hey, then we do whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, joining us, though, from the AW Rundown and title subject to blow my dick off, uh, it's Sal. Hey, what's up? How you guys doing tonight? Very generic gray background, Sal. Yeah, I know. I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> also, it was, it was a questionable week. In Raw, for Raw and SmackDown, but it was uh, an amazing week if you watch TakeOver. I know yes. it's the wrong show, but I'm just saying. Yes, we will talk about that. Ginger and I at least will talk about that this coming Thursday on the AEW, on the NXT rundown. Sorry, AEW will have nothing cool to talk about. But, uh... <laughs> Burn. No, it was... Joey Janela getting another title shot? I don't know. What's going on. And uh, if you haven't... Uh, seen Takeover Vengeance Day yet? Go back and take a certainly to my, for my money the best Takeover of the COVID era, um, and it's not really close. Uh, you even got that cliffhanger like holy shit moment at the end that everybody always looks for. So awesome, just tr- tremendous event. I like the fact that um, one of the things that people like to do is they like to group wrestling years uh, in WWE in terms of eras. You know, you've got, like, the Attitude Era, you've got the Reality Era, you've got the Ruthless Aggression Era. We're in the COVID Era, which is weird. <laughs> but it's also uh, disconcerting that it's going to be more than a calendar year, too. <laughs> Fair point. Although but, we're looking at, we're looking at, was it March we started to shut things down? So we're looking at, uh, this is right before WrestleMania, so right before April, and we're talking mm-hmm. about having fans at WrestleMania this year, so... It True. will pretty much be almost exactly a year between when fans left and when they start to return. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not been easy by any stretch. Um, and and I know a lot of a lot of our listeners out there 
um, directly impacted by it in some way or the other. But uh, we are, we're doing our best here to try to make sure that we keep your spirits up. Uh, you will notice that it's just... I'm sorry. Yes. And your decks. And your decks, yes. Uh, and your, and, and your, your clitters. Uh, you will notice... See, I said that singularly because there's only like one female fan we have. Uh, <laughs> you will notice, of course, the, yeah, the, the absence of Ginger and John today. Both of them are on assignments. Um, nothing bad, which is not something we can normally say <laughs> whenever somebody misses a show on here. Uh, well, nothing... Too bad, I should say. Ginger dealing with some some plumbing issues, not the most fun thing to do, uh, any night of the week. But and that's that doesn't mean it's not code for his deck. No, no, no. He's not laying pipe. He and and, and I would say he's also he's, he's probably cleaning up some pipe. That's also not a euphemism for like anal beads or anything like that. Yeah. No. Um. No, he's doing anal. Uh. So. <laughs> uh. Was he abducted by Chris Statlander? Yes. So Jason. Do you have uh, anything going on in the Stewart household? Uh, tomorrow, I can't talk about what's going on tomorrow, but it's a pretty cool day for uh, Jackson. And once it's over, I'll be able to actually sort of talk about it. So maybe we'll address it uh, this weekend on NXT. You guys know I've mentioned it uh, in our host thread, so you guys are in the loop. And unfortunately, don't want to be the one to ruin anything. So I'm not going to say anything about it tonight, but... Tomorrow's the day, and he's very excited and uh, looking forward to it. So, I did have an interesting uh, interaction at work today, which sort of pissed me off. So, for those who don't know, I work in IT, uh, and the company I work for, we have uh, I, I handle a lot of the phone system stuff. So, one of the things we have are there are lines that come into the building. I'm not going to get too technical with it, but so we have two of them that come into our building. One of them was down today. So I called the place that supports them. Um, I said, listen, they said, all right, well, here's his thing. What do we do? How, who do we call if we need to get to the building? I'm like, well, nobody's there. So you have to call me, and I'll coordinate to come meet somebody there. But you're not going to need to get into the building. This happens probably every couple months. We have the same issue. You never have to come. You always think you're going to have to come in. You never have to come in. You always fix it. It's always the line. It's never a problem. So you don't need to come in. Just open the ticket and get the technician to fix it. Got a call around 4, four o'clock today. Hi, this is so-and-so from Verizon. I'm at your building and nobody's here. Motherfucker. So I had to call my boss because he's fortunately lives like around the corner from the office. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll go check it out. So, But it's like, Jesus, don't do that, people. Uh, Little Stick is asking what your background is, Troy. It's actually uh, AG. August oh. Gray. That's right. It's August in February. No, we uh, we just had uh, at Valentine's Day, so why wouldn't I have the, the man with the golden lovers and the glorious, luscious locks? That's August Gray. <laughs> so, Sal... Yes. What's been going on in your neighborhood? Um, oh, you know, fucking work and shit, and that's just fucking awful. And then, uh, my fat ass is going to try to lose some weight, because I put on a lot of weight during COVID. You and me both, sister. That's, that's going horrible, and it's just, it sucks. 
because especially I, when you try from like zero and try to get to 16. So as somebody who decided several years ago, I had gotten way too fat and took, decided to really buckle down and lose weight and get in better shape. Um, I have, I have some really, um, there were some pieces of advice I got that really helped me. Um, eat less and don't be a fat ass. That sounds like a great idea. So you're welcome. Thank me later. Thanks, man. I don't know. I don't know why you'd even want to work out. You're just going to die. Like, <laughs> just enjoy it. Because I'd like to look good when I do die. I, guess. I mean, you made yeah. it through COVID. What else are you going to do? Right. Yeah, he's got a point. <laughs> At this point, you're just waiting for the asteroid, dude. Yeah. Obviously, it's uh, a point of playing with house money, but. It's very disconcerting every time that you get really close to the microphone and it disappears and you're just screaming into a pair of beautiful tits. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> do you know whose beautiful tits they are? Here's Scar- a hint. Scarlet Bordeaux. It's the same tits it's always been. Oh, oh, you were talking to him. I'm not talking about you and Tennille Dashwood. There's nothing wrong with Tennille Dashwood. <laughs> you also thought yeah. I wouldn't know by her body who she was. <laughs> it's it's amazing what Photoshop can do for some retouching apps. Can do oh, for what the? Oh, dude, she's fucking smoking still body-wise. She still yeah. is fucking rock. Look at her on Instagram, man. Yeah, where yeah. she's touched it up. Builders. If you watch her if you watch her on Impact, um, first of all, count yourself lucky to be one of the ninety thousand you do. Um, she does not look quite as delicious as that. And there was some uh some pictures that were clearly taken by somebody else of her at the beach and I was like, hmm bikini ones? Yeah, I was like, hmm. That ass looks a little different than I'm I was used yeah. to. Nothing, nothing wrong with her. She's like she's, she's a beautiful woman. Um, a beautiful woman. Her, oh man, her character on Impact sucks. It's not good. See, I, I, I've maybe seen it once, and it was mostly <laughs> Caleb doing the talking. So, do you remember when she she got released by WWE and everybody said, "What the fuck? They released one of their best talents. They never mm-hmm. used or underutilized." How many times do we um, see those those fans just freak out when someone gets released, only to see that person go to the indies and just prove to you exactly why they never succeeded on the main roster? Well, to be fair, um, you watched NXT before it was on the network, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So Emma, Emma was probably one of their best wrestlers. Yeah. So I mean, was so was Natalia a decade ago. But again, you're, well, yeah, to Troy's point, you're talking about an era before Four Horsewomen, right, before right, right. the game sort of changed. Right, so it was basically Emma and Paige. That was yeah. like the whole yeah. division. But and, I yeah, think and guess just, what? Pa- Paige, when you look back at some of her matches, you're like, yeah, she's okay. But she wasn't She wasn't amazing. She was okay. She was a good character, though. She, she was a good character work. Emma, or, or Tennille now, she doesn't have good character work, and like they tried like the badass approach, and it was decent. But now, like her, yeah, her her promos are not good. Her character work is not good. Like this whole thing with Caleb Conley being with her is just, it's just not great, you know. And it's like, and and she has really turned into one of those people. Who's just like, yeah, like she's attractive, but like that's about it. And. I know everyone is fucking ripping the dicks off of her Anna Jay, and she's like, yeah, she's really attractive, but 
in ring, like she's just okay. Like, I, honestly, though, it, yeah, but so so here's the difference. Right. Tanil's been doing this close to a decade. Anna Jay is Anna already at Tanil's level <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned in ring. Well, yeah, just getting yeah. started. So, but yeah, but you look at that too, where it's like everyone was was all like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that they got rid of fucking Ty Conti," and it's like, "Well, yeah, because she can't fucking talk." And she's a mediocre wrestler. <laughs> like, yeah, she's beautiful, but hasn't that been the issue the past couple of past like dragons, though. She does. That's true. But it's like it's like those those same people who are the ones who are just like, oh, Ava Marie's only on TV because she's pretty. It's like, well, Tay Conti was only on TV because she was pretty. Like, she's not a good wrestler. Oh, she's a great worker. You in here? Mm, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I'm also the same person that's like, and I don't want to step on your dick in the news, but. You know, when they bring in somebody that I know from the Indies, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait to see that person because they're going to do so great in WWE. And they probably won't. But we'll see. I mean, everybody that you've seen that they've brought in lately has made it main roster or had some degree of success, right? We'll talk more about it in the news. I like to, um, it's like, oh, the, the, People used to say that, like, oh, the the good brothers were were ruined because they were doing goofy shit. And it's like, no, that's that's who they are, man. Like that that was yeah. them with freedom. And then, like, we <laughs> saw we saw once they got 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 fucking shit canned. And it's like, where's Curtis Axel right now? What's he doing? Oh yeah, that's right, nothing. <laughs> What's Brian fucking Myers doing right now? Walking around with an eye patch on. What is fucking Zack Ryder doing? He can't even get AEW to call him back. <laughs> so did back now. Yeah, and he's shitty on that too. No, and, and to your to the Anna J point, she's already better as a character than Tennille has ever been. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, I think it's about time. Let's go ahead and have you slide on over to the news desk. All right. Well, let's start with something lighthearted in the AEW realm since Sal has joined us here tonight. Uh, this is this, this might actually be good to piss Troy off to get him going right off the top of things. Uh, AEW President Tony Khan recently was a guest on the Wrestling Fetish podcast and returned fire at Conan, who has criticized Khan for his booking decisions. Um, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Conan is... <laughs> that can't be real, right? Conan is, try- is trying to make fun of somebody for their booking decisions. Conan. Okay, go, go, keep going, keep going. So, Con, what Con said was, I think Conan has called my booking into question, which I find very amusing. If I recall, the biggest money angle that Conan had the entire year, I booked. I put the entire Lucha Brothers slash Young Bucks program together and set the whole outline to you, which I still have on my phone. That was your biggest TV show in 2019, so if I don't know what I'm doing, you don't either. That being said, I do like Conan. I would never have said anything like that if he hadn't said anything about me. I like working with AAA and Conan. I've also heard Conan and Disco Inferno say stuff about me on their podcast, but our working relationship has always been good. To me, this is one of the things that really pisses me off about Tony Khan. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but it's like every time he does this, like he takes a shot and then goes, but I really like him. (laughs) Don't give me any heat. I want to talk shit about people, but I don't want to get heat. Sort of annoying. Like if you're gonna, I, I like I always say on this show, if you're gonna talk shit, step up and talk shit, but own it. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where he seems to fail. Uh, he also said something else on that podcast that I know got Troy very <laughs> fired up, uh, which was basically that uh, if WWE ever feels like working with uh, AEW, all they have to do is come knocking and he'll let them in. Because, you know, quite frequently, the number one in an industry goes chasing after the number two for recognition. Hey, you know, WWE ever wants to come knocking on the rundowns door. We, we have the uh, door open if they want to use us for some booking ideas, right? That's about the same amount of chance. Dude, well, dude, well, 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 already gets booking ideas from the rundown. I think <laughs> yes. we established that. Yeah. This is true. Second of all, anytime they want to come running, Sal's back door is wide open. We will like, pay you an ass. Like fucking Goatsy, like that wide open. Uh, I've. <laughs> I've talked a lot before about uh, statements that you know will get no reaction just to make headlines. That's a statement that you know will get no reaction to make headlines. Yep. It's the same thing that Bishop used to do in WCW. He used to sit there and be like, well, if those pricks out in in, in, in Connecticut want to come on down, he was like, you know they're not. Like, they literally booked Vince McMahon for a match. But they, they, they literally said, here's an open invitation for Vince McMahon to come down. It's like, they, because they know it's going to get people riled up and it's going to get get attention, but they know that there's going to be no response. It's the same reason why fucking Meltzer is able to keep spouting the shit he is, because WWE will never turn around and be like, "Hold on a second, dude," you know. And all the people that were fired, well, they can sit there and they can run their mouths about anything, and WWE's just not going to respond because it's below them. And something like this, it's like, no, 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 it'd be the other way around, brother. Like you'd be the one, you'd you'd be the be the fucking bottom. All right, they're the power top, you're the bottom. That's how this goes. And I know that they're sitting there and being like, well, look, we're slumming it. We've got Impact Wrestling that we're helping out. And, like, that's their way of, be, of being like, look, we help the little guys. WWE won't help the little guys. It's like, you guys have spent every waking hour of your fucking existence trying to come up with ways to fucking stick it to WWE. So uh, they're not really going to be inclined to work with you. <laughs> WWE also spent years helping Evolve, helping ECW back in the day. They, mm-hmm. They've they just don't feel the need to whip their dick out and make sure everybody knows, hey, we're helping out smaller promotions. Right. Look how look how cool we are. By the way, listen, girl, eyes up. Come on. I, my eyes are up here. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's interesting in that uh, little rant there, Troy, that you brought up the name of Meltzer, because I know he had a story today that you wanted to talk about. So do you want to take the reins on that one, pal? Wait, can I? A comment on the whole fucking Tony Khan thing. No, we're done. No, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I was just going to say, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he wants, like, Shaquille O'Neal to actually wrestle a match in AEW, too. You know, I'm sure Tony Khan wants a lot of things. It doesn't mean they're going to fucking happen or even have a chance to exist. So, in the next two years, Tony Khan's probably going to, um, change from saying the doors wide open to straight up begging Vince on air to do something with this company just to get an acknowledgement. I mean, I can see this guy trying to pick a fight with triple H just to see if triple H will mention his name and it's not going to work because they don't give a shit about Tony Khan. The, the thing with triple H though, is that he actually might respond. He is that kind of guy who will just sit and be like, Oh, you want to fucking whip a dick out? I'll whip my dick out for you. Oh, on the other side of that story from the from the first thing he talked about, I think Conan should probably stab uh Tony Khan. I mean I would if I was Conan. I'm just saying. I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, By the way, the uh, the background of August Gray Troy might not be the best choice because it really highlights how pasty white you are, sir. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. 
I, I am what I am. <laughs> and it looks like Sunil's picture that I said I was taken to Mexico. I'm just not going to. Anyway, Troy, go ahead and uh, fill us in on what you're talking about. Um, so we we talked at length before about WWE's battle with, with guy, people using OnlyFans and Twitch. You know, we, we all pretty much said, hey, you know, it's it's a shitty thing to do. It's a way to control the talent. But um, there we do also understand a, at a business level of what it is, but it is still a shitty thing to do. Um, so part of that was the, the initial thing that came out was don't have an OnlyFans and uh, don't have a Twitch if you're on the main roster. And that was kind of the end of it. So all of a sudden what cropped up was somebody let it slip to Meltzer that, oh, by the way, we got a new thing coming out that said um, that, that now it, it encapsulates, encapsulates uh, Twitter, that you can't do like sponsored posts on Twitter, which which I was surprised they didn't include in the first place because I thought that was the whole thing they were pissed off about was Lana and her fucking bang energy things and stuff like that. Lana with her energy drink. <clears throat> so... That person did not either did not give them all the information, um, or gave them some information and was like, "Hey, let me give you a call back. I, I'm going to have some more information for you." And then they just went to fucking off on it because or, that's what they do. Or was more likely intentionally trying to get Meltzer to run yeah. the half true story. Right. So we got fucking Meltzer and Alvarez on their show saying that oh, the talent are going to get fucking suspended and they're going to get fined. If they even like take a picture with someone who's got like a mellow yellow shirt on, like they can't have any any advertising at all, like no sponsors or anything like that, and they can't do any charity work or anything like that that's not sanctioned by WWE and everything like that. Well, that yes. sounds just horrible. Like, what kind of an asshole would want to work for a company that you can't do charity work, Troy? Yeah. So apparently that's not true. Uh, <laughs> uh, so now they they have not they have not come out and done a retraction on their show, but they, they, they buried it on their, on their website saying, Oh, Mia Culpa, we, we had a lot of, of, uh, a, 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 a lot of misinformation out there, which is like a mountain, a mountain of misinformation, uh, which they created. Which they created yeah. Uh, no. So it was just that, that this was the logical next step of being like, Oh, Hey, by the way, because you guys are still doing this, even though we told you not to, uh, it also includes switch. Like you cannot, and it, and it, and it, the only thing it is is it is just monetizing tweets. That's all it is, which is something that, like I said, is it a shitty thing for a company to do? Of course, but it is not preventing them from doing their normal stuff. Like you're still going to be able to see fucking Mandy Rose and uh, Sony Deville go and buy donuts at some place or something like that because they're not, they're not, you know, they're not making money directly from somebody or something like that. They're just doing a YouTube video. You know, you're still going to see, you know, NXT people going on Twitch streams and doing charity things. You're still going to see Sami Zayn talking about his charity all the time. There's going to be no push pushback at all for that because it's, you know, yeah. So they can still go out there and they can do the Make-A-Wish stuff. They can go out there and they can do fucking charity things. And they can go ahead and take pictures and be tagged in pictures that have fucking like brands and stuff like that on it. It's simply, hey, uh, Lana, don't... <laughs> when when Bang Energy says, hey, we'll pay you $6,000 if you tweet out a picture of holding a thing, don't do that. Again, like I said, I don't agree with it because 
as I as I mentioned in our host thread, um, what would you say is the most sponsor driven sport? NASCAR. No. Yes, exactly. NASCAR. Do you know most drivers have personal advertising deals? I knew of that. Yes. Yeah. So uh, there was a rain delay for the Daytona 500 this past weekend. Um, now, Ross Chastain, the driver of the McDonald's car, went to McDonald's, did a fucking video and stuff like that of him getting food for the whole crew. That was completely great. Uh, another driver, um, uh, Chase Briscoe, went to a Panda Express. Now, he is not sponsored by Panda Express. His car is not sponsored by Panda Express. But he's got a personal services deal with Panda Express. He went through just fine. And his team didn't turn around and go, hey, that's not one of our sponsors. You can't do that. They were just like, whatever. <laughs> you know? As long as it's not like a direct competitor to one of the sponsors they have on the car, they don't give a shit, you know? And we've talked about it before with like all sports athletes, all the fucking shoe deals and stuff like that. Like the league has a deal with Nike, yet a lot of players have deals with Adidas sneakers and shit like that, you know, and, and off the court stuff, you know, or off the field. I was going to say, any of those NBA players don't have to get, you know, approval for who sponsors them, right? No. Like, like if um if Powerade, and that's like a bad example because sports drinks are sometimes licensed to specific teams. But like, so you've got no no you've got it like um who was it Dirk Nowitzki was uh was sponsored by those fucking watches for a while. Yeah, like that's cool. Cause yeah. well it's his stream um, revenue yeah. stream. He can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson uh, was one of the first people to do a shoe deal with Anta. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a company in China, and Gordon Hayward also signed with them too. Uh, but nobody had a deal with them prior to that, and yeah. as far as I know, he just signed a deal. So right, exactly. Do it. Yeah. So again, like I said, we we don't agree with it, but but we also understand that this is not anything new. This was just we we are now including Twitter in this thing because how, you know. How old were you when you heard the first when you first heard the term likeness rights? Um, <laughs> I mean, probably my teens because it, it used to be a thing um, with the so with the video games. But yeah, roughly twenty years it's been, right? Mm-hmm. That's what this is. They're protecting yep. likeness rights yep. of their talent that's under contract. Right. This is yep. not a new concept. It's new no. to the WWE to lock it down as much as they have, but the idea of protecting uh, your company's Contracted performers likeness rights is not a new thing. Right. Well, and then Twitch is a relatively newer thing. And like WWE is a little behind in the times on things for sure. I mean, they were still trying to buy an 80 year old man. That will happen. Yeah. So, but people are getting in his ear and be like, because that was the thing was one of these stats came out where it was like Mandy Rose had made like, fucking like $60,000 or something like that off of tweets that she had been putting out. And it's like, yeah, they turn around and they say, Hey, that's an issue because the Mandy Rose, her likeness, her name is now attached to this company that we have no affiliation with. And if that company suddenly turns around and says like, Hey, by the way, our product is manufactured by 13 year old children in a fucking sweatshop. Then it opens a whole door of like, Oh fuck. 
now WWE has to go to bat for Mandy Rose and, and you know, has that whole fucking thing go on, you know? Like, they vet their sponsors, you know? Or at least do the best they can vetting their sponsors. They don't want to have... That's why they didn't want fucking Zelina Vega on OnlyFans, because one, the perception out there is that OnlyFans is where you go see some tits. <laughs> and it is. It's largely true. It is largely true, but it's also, it's just like, they, they are trying to get away from having every one of their, their women be looked at as pieces of meat. And Selena Vega's out here being like, look at my dudes. <laughs> and to be fair, they were perfectly willing to let her do it on tout. It mm-hmm. just, they, they were yeah. on OnlyFans. Yeah, we've talked before on the rundown many times about you know why WWE is doing this in regards to protecting their brand and um and their sponsorships and everything like that. But to the story, Troy, that you just told us about what Meltzer and Alvarez did with this little bit of information, which was, of course, blow it out of proportion, lie, spread hate, as they tend to do. Um, it, to me, becomes astonishing that people still pay these people like Meltzer and Alvarez. Like, they told people that the WWE was preventing people from doing charity work. They yeah. spread that bullshit on their fucking show. So now everybody who heard that show is like, oh, did you hear the WWE isn't letting people do charity work anymore? Also, people, particularly AEW stands, uh, <coughs> have been, been basically pulling their dicks off to pat themselves on the back with the notion of, well, see, AEW lets their people have Twitch, and they let their favorite... And and here's the difference. Name me one national ad campaign that features AEW or AEW talent. There isn't one. So there is no conflict for them. There is no reason for them to worry about it, because they don't have those endorsement deals as a company. Their talent isn't going out and getting deals that could... Now, I will tell you if fucking next week it's, hey, this is Pornhub sponsored by Dr. Britt Baker. They're going to have an issue with that. Yeah. Because you know who else is going to have an issue with that? TNT. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and, uh, you know, that was another thing, too, is you you can look at... KTMN89 in the chat says, to be fair, if you're dumb enough to to buy Alvarez and Meltzer's shit, you deserve to have your money stolen. Yeah, fair point. Sir. That is fair. Fair point, yeah. But yeah, that, that was the thing. The, the whole crux of it was Alvarez was saying, like, if they take a picture in front of, like, a Ford Ranger out on the street, like, they're going to get fucking, they're going to get a strike? Like, no, they're not. <laughs> what if they take their picture in front of Walker, Texas Ranger? <laughs> I think that, that one. State of Texas will sue them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they'd probably be... Texas has to dig out of their one-inch ice storm, so... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Actually, it's it's a shitty situation to deal with in Texas, so... Hopefully, uh, everybody... Yeah. Good good job fucking having Ted Cruz as your representative who turned around and laughed at fucking California being like, yeah, we've got plenty of energy backup and solar energy. Oh, you mean mean to tell me that your, your grid went down because a little ice hit? Too bad you don't have those solar panels, asshole. <laughs> it's crazy that a state that voted against our current president and tried to have his election win overturned and 
they're in trouble and the president still sends relief and aid to them. It's crazy how that happens. Eh? Yeah. Funny, funny how I, I loved, I, I love the, there, there's always a tweet and here's, here's fucking Zodiac killer. Ted Cruz holding up a socialism sucks sign. It's just like, Oh, Hey, look at that. Only sucks when it's not your fucking state that's dealing with it. Huh? Yeah. yeah Have you, did you ever watch the show? Uh, did, you ever, did you ever watch the show West Wing back in the day? I have seen a few episodes. Yes. Okay. Uh, there's one great moment in that show where they're, they're, he's running for his re-election, and he's got this guy from Florida who's talking about, you know, blah, 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 and he's large government, and government needs to be at the state level, and blah, blah, blah. So then the Democratic candidate gets on stage at the debate and says, okay, so you've talked about this, 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 and this. Now, the state of Florida, which you run, received $80 billion in federal aid. So I guess my question is, when do we get that back? Nice. <laughs> That's sort of... Yeah. That's sort of like the uh, the thing I always think of when we talk about that. But enough politics. It's not what people come here to have us talk about. No, they so, come here to us talk about us bowing off our dicks. Uh, <laughs> uh, so in summary, Melser and Alvarez suck. Um, <laughs> does, that, does that pretty much sum up that whole story? Or yeah. Also, yeah. I would add for everybody you know in the wrestling community, take every story you hear with a grain of salt. No, 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 no. Not even a wrestling community, dude. That's just the world. No, that's true. But but the IWC specifically, I guarantee you, they were on Reddit last night, flipping the fuck out. They were. Oh, Absolutely, oh, they were. Fucking Vince should be killed. Like all this fucking shit. You gotta. Uh, I mean, that part. Mm. Specific, <laughs> specifically, you have to look at the sources. When I when I hear anything in regards to. AW from Meltzer and Alvarez. I know it's not the real story. I know it's what is being fed to him to to project to the audience. If I hear anything from them about WWE, I know that they have their own spin on it. That's why I don't take their news. <laughs> you know. Now Sean Ross Sapp is one who is relatively good about his information. You know, I I will look at him first and say yes. There there's a good chance that what he is reporting is real. Because he doesn't have that fucking spin on everything that those two idiots have. Uh, John Pollock at Post Wrestling is another one of the ones I really trust. This there you go. Yeah. You look at always been like Johnson from PW Insider, and he's good too. Yeah, but like uh, like was it Russell Votes? Is that what it was? Yep. It was one of the ones where you just don't just occasionally don't. they're right, but it, they're, they're very they're seldom made up so wrong so often. Yeah. They they are the fucking weekly world news of wrestling fucking <laughs> journalism. Not wrong, All right. Not wrong. All right. What do we got else? Uh, so Troy, you wanted to bring this one up, so we're going to talk about it. During last night's six man tag team match between the Hurt Business and Matt Riddle and the Lucha House Party, something that may show up in somebody's list later on. Uh, MVP <sighs> seemed to have suffered a potentially serious knee injury. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Wrestling Observer, but they said something. Uh, details are still unclear, but it was stated that MVP may have blown out his right knee and was favoring it before the match ended. Following the match, officials attempted to help him to the back when the cameras were not on him. At one point, somebody talked about one of his moves, and he tried to do it, and he needs to stop trying to do it, and MVP tweeted, try doing it on one leg. So clearly something wrong with MVP and hopefully uh, he's had such an amazing run since his return to the company. He's done wonders for the talent and the hurt business, just being a mouthpiece and a leader for that group. So hopefully it's nothing serious. Hopefully he's back. But the beauty of the role he has now is even if he's out of the ring for a while, he can still contribute to the hurt business. Exactly. So yeah. So see the extent of the injury, but um, I'm hopefully he can still, you know, kind of, do his run with the her business through mania. 
Yeah, so he was on crutches on on Raw Talk. Um, he, he crutched his way up there. Um, <clears throat> he said that uh, he's gonna he's gonna drink some Robitussin and bourbon to help him with it, uh, and then uh, he went to the uh, James Andrews Medical Center. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He was on his way there. Someone told me the dirt sheets are reporting I went to Alabama to see surgeons. You guys should stop reading what these idiots report. They're always wrong. So, no, he has not seen a surgeon yet. <laughs> yeah, and Edge also said all those dirt sheets were wrong when they said he was coming back for the Rumble, too. Sometimes these guys like to keep shit a secret. Yeah, but I don't, I, yeah, but I don't know Especially about... It's their medical stuff, dude. Yeah. I, anytime they deny a medical story, I take it with a grain of salt because they're protecting yeah. their own medical rights. I mean, clearly we know he's going to get taken a look at because, yeah, something's not right there. <laughs> Um, but like you said, I mean, um, thankfully he, he can, he's, he's more of a manager than a wrestler at this point. So if I, I hope this isn't the end of his wrestling career, um, or at least his, his in-ring stuff. Um, but you've got to kind of start worrying whenever it's, it's, it's a bad knee injury like that. And with, and with his advanced age, like. You know, you start you start to get a little worried about injuries like that. But um, yeah, like you said, he could keep showing up every week and and just be the the mouthpiece of the hurt business, which he's been. So, all right, moving on, we're going to close out with this because, well, we'll talk about why in a minute. Uh, it has been speculated by many news sites, some reputable, some not, that we are about to see potentially the biggest class in the history of the Performance Center, with as many as 29 signees reporting in the very near future. We have uh, appear to been given some insight into who some of those people will be, uh, including one who made his actual on-camera debut this past weekend. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh First one I have up here is Harlem Bravado, who is from Evolve, who's a talent there. You can check him out on the Evolve specials on the network if you want to get familiar with them. Uh, ironically, not from Harlem, which still annoys me. But, uh, but yeah, talented young man. Uh, Mrs. John Morrison, Ty of Valkyrie, said to be making her way to the company. Now, interesting to see what they do with her because a lot of people have her earmarked for NXT, but she's like 39 years old. There's, there, you don't have a lot of time if you want to do something with her on the main roster. And so is Mercedes. Have, but Mercedes Mercedes stayed in NXT because she wanted to. They tried to call her up. Um, but with the, the sort of dearth of viable female, female contenders on the main roster, it might make sense to just bring Taya right up to the main roster, stick her on Raw with her husband and let her do some work over in that uh, that women's division up there. Or Question: on Would you would you debut her against Oscar this Sunday? It's a possibility. I could see it. Okay, I would. Um, Ty is the one I. What was do you thinking. mean? Oscar is facing Lacey Evans this this weekend. Uh, no more on that a little bit that later. <laughs> um, Ty is the one I was talking about earlier when I said I'm wicked excited that she's coming uh, to the WWE because I've I've seen her work way back in, in Lucha Underground and AAA and then, of course, recently in Impact. I think she's a very talented fucking worker. Um, her character on Impact, when she was like, you know, parading around a poodle and had an assistant, that was all right. It'll be interesting to see if she comes in as a heel or a face. I think she's a better heel. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for Taya, but I'm just like, okay, so what, like Jason said, what are they going to do with her? So if she stay, if she is an NXT, I think she's a perfect addition to the Robert Stone brand. I think she would fit in beautifully in that group. Um, 
if not, if she goes up to the main roster, we'll have to see. I do have concerns about that because to me, um, I hate having to talk about this stuff, but it's a reality. So I guess we're going to have to. Taya is not in the same physical conditioning she was years ago in those Lucha Underground days, for example. She's still a beautiful woman. She's still in fantastic shape. Beautiful woman. <laughs> exactly. But she's not necessarily in the type of shape Vince McMahon likes his female competitors in. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, she's actually talked about that in the past. People have called her out on her, her condition, and she basically said, yeah, I've put on a few pounds, but I feel better. I feel healthier. Mm-hmm. I, like Life is better for me like this, so I'm going to And I'd hate if that is the case, you'd hate to see her sort of go against that just to sort of placate Vince McMahon, but we've seen that before too. And she hasn't uh, – her entering work hasn't suffered. No, not at all. She's she's still a, a phenomenal worker. So yeah. right. Yeah. No, when she was booked into uh, TNA, when she was sort of really making her first run as a face, I think it was against Tessa Blanchard, and she took the title off of Tessa. Yes. Um, she was booked really strong and handled that role really well as a face, and that's I don't know that that's a natural role for her, but she played it really well and really got people behind her. So. I think that's. Um... Uh, as uh, I understand, if you want to put her on on Raw for obvious reasons, um, but she she is a she's a powerhouse worker, and I feel like since you are losing uh, Lacey, who is another powerhouse worker, I think that would be a good spot to slide in there. Um, SmackDown doesn't really have. I mean, like Bianca Belair is really fucking strong, but she doesn't. She's not really booked as like a like a powerhouse worker, you know. Right. Um, so SmackDown almost feels like they they're missing that character type over there of like just like the like the rip you fucking limb from limb kind of person and Taya has that ability to do that. Taya could certainly fill that role. I don't know if they they're gonna throw her right in there having just gotten her signed and not necessarily having gotten a direct look at her. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me and my my favorite in that role and we'll talk about it later is I could see Rhea Ripley getting the immediate push there and. The, the rocket strap to her and the belt given to her this Sunday. We'll see though. Depends on There's, what the plans. And then you and then you go right back to her and Charlotte at Mania, and mm-hmm. she gets her revenge on Charlotte. So, yeah. also, you mean obviously Raquel eventually would fit into that, but I know right now they're they're sort of uh, slowly building her a little bit, you know, um, which I get because she doesn't have a whole a whole lot of experience, but oh. she did. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, like obviously they're they're doing the the tag team thing with her right now. So um, having having her go toe to toe with Naya, I think is going to be that like, ooh, okay, you, you, that yeah, that's going to be that moment. So again, you'll get that moment. I'm waiting yeah. for the one arm power bomb Naya. Oh my on. god, she could do it, dude. Like <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> that's though. The spot right there. Yeah, she is strong enough. She could do it. That that is her Hulk slamming Andre moment right there. Again. But uh, I'm actually, if you don't have my hole on the soundboard by now, I'm going to be very disappointed in you. I don't have what? My hole. There we go. So another one, another one uh, that was signed in, and Troy, you might be a little more familiar with this individual. Uh, Millie McKenzie was signed to the NXT UK brand. Do you have any mm-hmm. scouting on Millie for us? Uh, very similar um, in terms of some of the women that they have over there. She's she's a, a little a little smaller, like uh, um, Zaya Brookside, um, but she she kind of plays that like tough bad girl 
um, oh. character pretty well. I know that kind of Kylie Ray esque, okay. um, but uh, yeah, it, she is uh, she's another one of those ones who her her in ring work is good. Um, I it, it, I don't think it's blown anyone's dicks off, which is apparently the fucking term we're using today. Um, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that I think that her character worked really, really well. I haven't really heard too much of of her promo work though, so we'll see. Um, but I mean, I I I love the accent, so that'll get my dick hard. And uh, you know, in the last year or so, they've lost Tony Storm, they've lost Rhea mm-hmm. Ripley, they've lost, and I I have a feeling Kaylee Ray is not long for that brand either. So they're yeah. Show. They're already talking Kaylee Ray and Sasha Banks. Those two have been going yeah. at it on, on Twitter, and you know Sasha's going like, "Get her over here! Get her over here now! Get her over here now! I want to, I want to fight her." <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and then honestly, <clears throat> that's what that's what this show needs is more Kaylee Rays and less Lacey Evans. But we'll talk mm-hmm. about that later on. <laughs> um, one person we did see debut this past weekend at NXT Takeover, at least in the pre-show role, was one. Eli Drake, currently known, I guess, as L.A. Knight, uh, returning to the NXT brand where he was released not too, no, was it several years ago now, five years ago, something like that? It's been been a few years. Yeah. Uh, Had some really strong success in uh, Impact, was recently appearing on NWA. I think he did a little cup of coffee with Ring of Honor, so... Um, for my money, you know, he's, he's solid in ring. He doesn't necessarily, his in ring style doesn't necessarily jive right away with NXT, but he has something that a lot of talent in NXT doesn't have. And that's the ability to engage the audience with his promos. Um, I am excited. I think he can bring a lot to that brand just with a microphone in his hand. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with him going forward. He already started on, 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 takeover um just that little bit he did in the pre-show i was like oh here we go because i didn't even hear about him um and i like that they made his name go with the uh l a knight yeah works for me i I hope he brings dummy yeah i was wondering if they were gonna even if they were gonna let him say it on on sunday but if it well, comes he, later, that's great too. He did open with "Let me talk to you." So yeah, he did. So, do you think that uh, uh, Dick Joseph is just like erect, waiting to say he's coming here with a clean slate? <laughs> you know he is. You know he's working it in somehow. That's oh. that almost nobody's gonna get. But <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <clears throat> well, let me tell you something, Wade. Uh, La Knight here, he's he's got a, a clean slate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid you've got some bad jokes. <laughs> see, that was funny. Um. Yeah, but I am excited to see where they go, and I, I could very easily picture him in sort of that mid-card North American title picture somewhere down the road. With all these signings coming into NXT, the one thing I've got to say is it, we need to see some releases on the main roster to free up some spots for these guys on the NXT roster so that there's room to move people up from the NXT roster. Well, um, somebody released into uh, Lacey Evans, so... Fair enough. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, because... Sal, Sal has some explaining to do. But 
the last of the signings I want to talk about, I know I know that uh, Sal will appreciate this part of the conversation as well. Um, I was sitting on Twitter when I started to see news pouring in from friends of mine and people I trust uh, announcing that there were strong rumors that one Christian Casanova had signed with WWE. I immediately went to Christian's Twitter page only to see two hearts, one black, one gold. Um, this one for me, and this is sort of similar to AG. This one for me is, I, I, I'm really, I, I'm over the moon, ecstatic, happy for this kid. I, I've seen him since he started. He started doing camera work and security work for um, APW up in um, uh, Newburyport when we used to work, run out of that the firehouse up there. Um, in VCW, I was part of the booking team and I made the call to put Christian's first singles title on him uh, when some people didn't think he was ready for it. Um, I have been as big a fan of this kid since the day I saw him step into a wrestling ring. I said, similar to what I said, and I haven't said this with many people. Now, AG, for example, I never saw it with AG early on. It, well, it didn't come until very later. And AG had to go through a lot of different iterations before he found it. With Christian, the second I saw him walk through a curtain, I said, that kid's fucking money. It's just, it, he needs to work out some stuff, but he is fucking money. And when he became Killanova, it was just, that was the trigger. That was the spark. That kid found it. He's turned himself into an absolute star. And I think, I think, guys, this year, I have set the record for fastest time being right in my next big thing, Predictions of the Year End Award. Fair. We're not um, even out of February yet. Both have appeared on national television. I, I got to admit, though, I got to tell you the truth. I was a little bit worried because I've seen and heard that name of you know Christian Casanova for a few years now. Um, everybody who's seen him, I mean, Adam said the same thing. Ginger said it. He's a star. When you see this guy at work, when you see him on the mic, he's a star. And I, I was getting a little worried, like, uh, I don't know. I think I've seen him on the scene for a good 10 years now. What are you talking about? Dude? Not 10 years. 10 years might be exaggerating, but I definitely remember. <laughs> 10 years remember, is exaggerating by quite a bit, actually. I definitely remember Adam talking about him back when he was with um, Liberty States. Yeah. So that, that was, was like three years ago, dude. All right. So three, four years ago. Um, but even when Troy was on, I remember Adam talking about him because that was he was a big name. He still is a big name. Everybody was talking about he's Christian a big name in New England. It's only recently that he's become a That's national true. name. Um, I think I think it's amazing. I hope he finds a spot in NXT because right now they seem to have like a lot of people that they have not yet even put on TV from the last class. So uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see um, where he fits or, or when he shows up on NXT. So according to Cage Match, and I don't remember how, I, I don't know exactly when his debut match was, but according to Cage Match, he debuted in 2014. So you're talking, what, six, seven years now? Yeah. That's not a huge turnaround when you think of like the years people used to have to work on the indies to get noticed. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. But and then there's also sometimes the anomaly like Kofi, who worked for like, what, two years before right. WB brought him in? Kofi worked for like six months before WWE <laughs> brought him in, dude. Not even two years. Um, but yeah, the biggest, uh, the as happy as they are for him, I'm sure this is annoying to Liberty State, uh, not Liberty, um, Limitless Wrestling, 
because their champion was Anthony Green, had to vacate the title when he got signed. They held a tournament. The winner of that tournament was Christian Casanova. So it looks like Limitless will be having another tournament coming up. Most likely. But no, seriously, uh, I, I'm incredibly, incredibly happy for this kid. I can't wait for the world to see what I've known for a long time. Hopefully he gets the platform. But if you give this kid the ball, if you give him all all the opportunity, he will absolutely fucking score a touchdown for you every time. He, he really is that good and that special. Was that it for your signings? That is it that I have, unless there's more. Uh, yeah, uh, Sari is finally coming over from Japan. She was also mm-hmm. included in that group. Uh, she's signed right around the time that, that COVID started to hit. So, yeah, she's been stuck in Japan this entire time. Um, but, yeah, so so she'll be another, uh, you know, good good addition to the roster as well there. That was it. Okay. And, by the way, if you're looking for something to watch, go, go find Christian Casanova versus Anthony Green for the Chaotic Championship because they had some great matches. Yeah. You, you did. You went... I thought you if you're looking for something to watch, go fuck yourself. That's what you were saying. <laughs> I was like, what'd I do? Um, well, if you're looking for more news, go fuck yourself, because yeah. it's time for a little segment we like to call... The Good. The Bad. It is the good, the bad, the what the fuck from Ron SmackDown this past week, starting with SmackDown. Now, my good from SmackDown is Seth vs. Cesaro. I'm down for it. Um, I, the, the promo that Seth gave, his like fake face turn, like, eh, but... <laughs> But the feud going forward and the fact that Cesaro came out and said nothing uh, (laughs) was like, that's his best promo yet. Um, (laughs) Uh, If you you haven't seen uh, Talking Smack, go check out the promo Cesaro on Talking Smack. Yeah, if only he could do that in the ring. Somehow he can't. (laughs) Even in there, though, he stumbled. It's like, and he's explained this before, when you know five different languages, it's very easy for the words to get mumbled up in your brain right i believe yeah sure yeah i mean look uh, uh alec baldwin's wife didn't know how to spell or how to pronounce cucumber so you know and and she's only got one language that she speaks and that's that's english so <laughs> um yeah like i said i i uh the 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 promo i'm sure will wind up on somewhere else on people's lists um but i am down for a seth versus our feud because it's it's a chance to utilize cesaro uh, even if, uh, obviously, eventually Rollins will probably come out on top on this, I'm down for the fucking matches, dude. Like, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what those two guys will will do in the ring because I don't really think we've seen them in singles match, and at least not in you know the, the current Rollins state that he's in. So, Jason, no, I'm, I'm no god. I was just gonna say that I'm down for those matches, and it's Daniel Bryan adjacent, so I'm down for that too. Yeah. Um, this is the first time I had sort of a harder time finding something from SmackDown for my good list in a while. Um, 
and everything was sort of pieces of something and not a whole thing. Um, for for my, I, I love the Roman Reigns Adam Pierce interaction at the top of the show uh, when Pierce is making the Elimination Chamber match and Reigns is like, "I'm not going in that chamber. Here's what I'm willing to do." And uh, Pierce has to sort of be like, all right, well, then uh, fuck you. Guess who gets to go right in without qualifying? Uh, Jey Uso and Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm glad they, did, they they canceled the match between these two, but I do sort of love the power struggle. It's not Vince and Stone Cold, but there's a little tinge of that within it, and I sort of dig what they're doing with it. Uh, so that was also on my good list. Um what I really loved was at the very end when he says that Kevin Owens and Jey Uso will be in there without qualifying. Roman chase, like goes outside, corners him, and he gets really uncomfortable. And he's like, I don't care about Jey Uso. I don't care about Kevin Owens. All I care about is you right now. Right. And you can like feel Adam Pierce sweat. And then Paul Heyman just very slightly is like, I'm just giving you some advice. Maybe, maybe we do it on our time. And then yep. the Roman slams <clears throat> down. I was like, yeah. "What? That's fucking great, right there. That was fucking money. It's fantastic." Hey, Roman is on a roll like I haven't seen anybody on in a long time in his promo game. Yeah, they're killing it. Sal. Oh, that was my good. Oh, perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a couple more then to touch on real quick. I, I okay. I have one honorable mention. Okay, um, go for it. Was uh, Biggie's promo before? Apollo Crews came out. Um, I thought it was it was good. It was just kind of like establishing. Um, and I did like off the mic when Apollo and, and Biggie were, were yelling at each other. And Biggie's like, take your ass to the back, back to catering. Yes. So that was actually one of mine was that the Apollo and uh, Apollo and Biggie's interaction felt important. And that's not something I would say about an Apollo Crews segment in a very long time. But. And I think I was one of the people on the show who questioned whether he could pull off sort of a heel run here. Um, and so far, so good. I've liked I've liked this little heel thing by Paul. Now, he's not going to take the belt off Biggie. I think we all know that. But I think he's really sort of raised his stock with this little interaction. And especially just the visual, because I think for so long people have categorized Apollo as like a smaller guy. But standing next to Big E, he was the same height. And it's sort of like, took some of that stigma off for me at least it's just a shame it's just a shame that w doesn't know how to book black people yeah well, scorpio sky was all over being the elite this week though so there's that um dancing for, for, doing a lot of dancing on being the elite for scorpio sky i forget i forgot that we, we didn't mention that with the whole jazz thing well it's not really news yeah. but if you want to go ahead try Somebody talked to Jazz. Uh, if you don't remember, Jazz was once in the WWF. Um, like 20 years ago. Right. And she now currently works for Impact. Uh, she's in a tag team with Jordan Grace. And somebody had asked her about, like, hey, why weren't you at Legends Night? And she's like, well, I guess they're they're probably upset because I was part of that whole lawsuit against them. Um, but I just, I just don't, don't understand why they, they like, am I not a legend? And it's like, I think you answered your own question with saying you were in a lawsuit against them. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. But then she proceeded to say that, oh, WWE just doesn't know how to book black people. 
um, because they either have to be thugs or dance. And, like, not all black people can dance. And it's just like, did, did you, like, stop watching WWE when you got fired? Because... Or? <laughs> yeah. Who's the Impact World Champion right now? Rich Swan. <laughs> what is Rich Swan's gimmick? He dances. <laughs> uh, who are the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champions? Uh, that would be Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. And what is their gimmick? They hot as hell. And they dance. <laughs> uh, and what is... Who's the uh, TNA champion? Oh, Moose. And what is Moose's gimmick? Uh, he a big thug. <laughs> oh. Interesting. It sort of seems like the company that's paying jazz now would fall into that same sort of classification, wouldn't they? I mean... <sighs> Let, let's count the three black people that are over in, in AEW. Scorpio Sky, you just mentioned, dances all the time. Uh, Pirate Party, was their gimmick not that they danced and did partying stuff? Oh. And what do they now sell? Uh, Matt Hardy's Young Boys? Yeah, Matt Hardy's, like, slaves. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> that was a word I was trying to using, but sure. Uh, well, Sonny... It's not the first time Troy's mentioned that on this network, so I just kind of run with it at this point. Hey, Sonny Kiss? What does Sonny Kiss do? Uh, he doesn't. Typically. <laughs> uh, He's been on dark for a few weeks now, I think. Uh, what, is, what does Red Velvet do? Uh, she's uh, standing in for Brandy. Yeah, but what does she do? Oh, she dances. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Uh, what does Big E do? Why are we going back to the WWE? I was I was moving on because I was out of out of black people I in guess, AEW. I guess you could say he dances. Okay. You know, he's also a powerhouse, but yeah, he yeah. does a lot of gyration. Yeah, and Apollo yeah. and Apollo Cruz does flippy stuff. Okay, that's yeah. that's a little different, right? That's and not he's not smiling anymore. Well, yeah, yeah, right. smiling yeah. anymore. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I understand our truth dances, but he's a comedy character, and he's also a rapper. It's, it's yes, a in real life and b in gimmick. Yeah. Um. Oh, what 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 else we got? Um. <laughs> I mean, profits? street profits. They 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 dance right. So they so they're so they're not booked right. For sure, all the new day dances. So they're not booked right. Uh. I mean, Sasha. Sasha. She she does a little dance. Bianca Belair she's dances. Hogan, so, yeah. yeah. Bianca. Bianca dances too. Yeah, she's uh, Nia, Nyla Rose or Nia, Jesus Christ. Nia, Nia Jax is his half black, so she's a, she's half a thug. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Like it's just such a stupid argument. Like it really is. The the whole there are very few personas when you drill down in the world of wrestling. Like. There are very there are different shades of the same character across mm-hmm. the board. So um, there are plenty of white guys who have been dancing gimmicks. Wow, you mean like Fandango? Like he doesn't count. He, I mean, he dances, but he doesn't count, right? Disco <laughs> Inferno. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't count. Yeah, they, they don't. They don't count. No, they don't count. And like to say that that just because somebody is like a menacing person that they're a thug, like isn't that kind of racist to say hey, that just because hey, they're wait. black and because like because I don't look at Shelton and think that he's a thug. I look at Shelton and think that he's a badass and a world class athlete. Yeah, she looks Bobby at it. Uh, same same with Bobby yeah, Lashley. so she looks at Bobby Lashley and goes, "Oh, he's booked like he's a thug." Isn't that kind of fucking racist? Sort of on her, yeah. Yeah. 
Because he's not booked as a thug. He's booked as a gigantic fucking muscly dude who can tear your asshole apart. Like, that's how he's booked. more of a thug than Lashley is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, Bobby Lashley will go around and fucking spill milk on himself and other people, but that's, he's, but he's a bully. I don't think, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify him as a thug. Like, when I, when I think of thugs, I think of crime time. Like, they were, they were like your quote unquote thugs. Cedric Alexander doesn't, doesn't look at like a thug to me, you know? By the way, what was the difference between crime time's gimmick and Enzo Amore's gimmick? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely nothing, yeah. Exactly. Did Enzo Amore dance? Yes, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Trying to think. Trying to think. I mean, there's been a ton of them, but I mean, there. I mean, like, yes, I understand Naomi dances, but also like, that's that's her character that She's she a wanted. Dancer. Yeah, she is a dancer. <laughs> like, who else dances? Carmella. Ah. Carmella, Lana. Yeah, yeah, they all dance. Carmella was a cheerleader. She dances because she was a dancer. You know, right. fucking uh, Mandy Rose dances. The Iconics danced. They're all white. Yeah, it's it's just a, it's just a stupid glittering generality. When, which the iconics dance and where do I go to see that? Because wait, 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 wait. They're entrance, dude. <laughs> Guys, it really um, dance, but well, the Sasha's thing does, isn't really a dance. Then if you're putting it that way, yes. Does Omis dance? No, but he's a thug apparently, because he's because he's a big he's a big towering badass. That's, That's what I'm saying, man. Dude, motherfucking AJ Styles has danced before, dude. Like, <laughs> if your if your approach is to intentionally, and I say this all the time on this show and other shows, if you go looking for something, you're gonna mm-hmm. find it. Yeah. If you approach something with a preconceived idea of what you expect you're gonna find, you're gonna you're gonna craft and bend everything to fit your narrative mm-hmm. rather than objectively look at it and decide what it is. Right. Why would she objectively look at anything? She's she's obviously you know miffed that she wasn't invited to Legends Night. She got fired twenty years ago, and she's even still though, miffed. Even though she admitted to being part of that um, concussion lawsuit, so like she just she just sounds bitter. Yeah. Just, hey, what is Wesley's gimmick, Troy? He's a stoner. <laughs> Does he dance? No, not really. Is he a thug? No, he's not a thug. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's it's almost like that. That's not really a thing. Dude, I mean, we Jerry's could... looking for relevancy. Let's be yeah. honest here. Well, I mean, yeah, come I... on. She's what right. forty eight years old or something like that. Yeah, barely <laughs> barely making it in an impact division that all of them are much better than her at this point. Well, apparently Christian Casanova's gonna have to dance, right? I mean, he broke <laughs> into the business doing a Michael Jackson gimmick. Is all I'm gonna say, but. Anyway, uh, moving forward, I will say this. I had one more thing that I liked, which was I liked the Sasha and Bianca interaction until everyone else started getting involved in it. Um, At one point, Sasha's like, come on, you know who you should pick. And Bianca with the line, you ain't the boss of me. me. So I, I enjoyed that interaction. I'm looking forward to that as we run towards WrestleMania. Nice. Um, I think that's it for our, our goods, right? All right, uh, Sal, take it away with your bad. <laughs> so my bad was um, let me just let me just get this straight. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler have showed up. 
they're going to now make part of the storyline Nia Jax falling on her crack. I'm sorry, her what? <laughs> her hole! And, and then, to make things worse, why am I seeing this uh, possible... Oh, look, Bianca and Sasha will team up to take on Nia and Shayna. And then the people who will fight each other Mania will be tag champs for like six weeks until they until break they up. Lose to, until they lose to Raquel and Dakota. Sure. Um, Which I'm fine with that being the end result, but I'm not fine with this whole, we're going to be opponents to Mania, so we're going to be tag champs first. Ugh. So I know... Second segment after Nia showed up. Well, I, I know Jason said um, that, that he liked the segment, but my bad was the entirety of the women's segment. And look... I love Sasha Banks. Bianca's fucking amazing. Shayna, I enjoy. It's full stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the interaction between Sasha and Bianca, I, I was like, I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. It, 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 I wasn't feeling a dog. But then, yeah, once those two came up, and then we started. Sasha Banks should not be doing comedy shit like throwing to the fucking production truck. That's always been something that I, it was just like, oh, let's roll the footage. Let's roll the footage. Like, that kind of, it's just, it's, first of all, it's lazy storytelling. Where it's just like, all right, well, here, let's, let's just have her fucking, you know, direct traffic and, and have a show footage. But then, just because you show, like, so, so they show Shayna losing, and then they show fucking Nia Jax's hole. And it's like, it's like, is this supposed to, help the situation like you're making a mockery of your tag champions yep see i couldn't disagree more uh just based on the fact that this is always who sasha's character has been openly mocking people in front of them do you remember her stealing izzy's headband and then in front of her it's the same fucking thing it's the same concept openly mocking something nia Jax did in front of her face like unapologetically that's what the boss has been about since this boss character has sort of started and i like that she's she sort of kept that element to it and would you have been happier if she had cowered from naya no 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 don't don't that's what she did don't go extremes like that no no i just saying what her character is is a shit talker and she talks shit to the biggest and baddest on pay on in kayfabe that that division has yeah but i don't I, i she doesn't need visual aids though I mean, it's it's more effective as a mocking technique if you show her doing it right in front of her face. And that wasn't my my main issue with this segment, though. My main issue was the fact that they made a fucking tag champions look like a joke. And like Sal said, I'm very clearly heading towards a match. They're very clearly heading towards a match where Bianca and Sasha team up, and that's just lazy storytelling because they do it all the time. All the fucking Especially time. Going into Mania season. Yeah. Sure, and, and I've I've said in the past I don't support that decision, and I haven't done it yet. Until they do, I'm not going to shit on them for it. Go ahead and pencil that in for your bad next week, then. <laughs> There's another women's tag me match coming up this weekend. Um, but uh, but you're you're sort of expecting something to happen in the coming weeks and making it your bad this week. I don't think that's necessarily fair. Like I said, I enjoyed the the interaction with Sasha and Bianca until everybody else came out. It just it felt like 
the start of an actual angle where they start off with sort of respect and then we'll we'll build to sort of at certain point there'll be a slight or something and then we'll end up we'll end up it, it's sort of following a little bit of the Bailey and Sasha um, architecture without sort of the best friend part of it but with the respect and you know we'll be we'll show respect to each other and be friends and yada 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 well you know here's here's my other thing why the fuck did Shayna and I even come out there right because that segment into Jason to your point would have been better if it was just an interaction between Sasha and Monica I, I, that was when it went off the rails for me. They 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 have not been feuding with these two at all, and all of a sudden they're just like, "Hey, we're already in a feud, but guess what we're gonna do now?" Like it's just I don't know. It was it's like really it was more like, or less just to reaffirm the notion that they can go to wherever show they want. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, I don't know. It's it's just like I said, it just feels lazy to me. Sure. And we're and we're and we're building up to WrestleMania, which is not the time to be lazy. Like this is the time to you know put your fucking best foot forward on things because you're trying to build anticipation for it. And plus, this is a fuck. But, well, no, this was sorry. This was this is SmackDown. This wasn't a go home show. Anyway, sorry. But I'm sorry if they are building towards what you complained about earlier, which is a tag team match between the four of them. Then yeah, there was a purpose, and it does make sense to to have them come out and do that, right? Yeah. Okay. But it's that's that's still dumb. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the whole like they're they're going to be in a match of mania. Let's put them in a tag team for a little bit. I don't like that. Exactly. I don't either. Said. But this is the formula they use. So yeah, and just because they use the formula all the time doesn't mean it's a good formula. I I'm I at no point you continue to act as though I'm defending the formula. I am at no point saying I think it's a good way to build a story. I've been on record multiple times as saying I fucking hate when they do it. But we know what it is. We can recognize what it is, and it's clearly something they like. So, you know, nothing we can do to stop it at this point. In terms of what it was, I enjoyed the segment until Nia and Shayna came out. That's all I said. Uh, on to that point too, I will say Bianca, true to her character, has not backed down from anybody since she's um, been on SmackDown. No, she so just dances. Even... <laughs> but I mean, I, to Jason's point, I love that response. Like. <laughs> You're telling me I have to pick? Oh, no, I don't have to do shit. Like, you're not the boss of me. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I like that. I did like that because it shows, um, if anything, you know, she's a very confident challenger going into WrestleMania. It's a shame that noted black man Shane McMahon dances all the time, too. Uh, <laughs> Jason, who? Uh, what's your bad? All right, well, I had two, but since nobody else brought it up yet, Seth Rollins' fucking promo and overall character. Really? Oh, first off, first off, leather shirt and a leather <laughs> tie, really? Yeah, it was a little, <laughs> a little <laughs> off, really? yeah. Also, the worst fake face turn I think I've ever seen. At no point did I buy into the notion that this was a face turn promo, mm -hmm. even as hard as he tried to sell it. The only thing that got me to buy into the face thing for a second was that he was back to his old music. Mm -hmm. After that, right. as soon as he started talking, I'm like, oh, I fucking know what this is. And why in the absolute fuck would the entire roster come down to the ring and stand around it to listen to this asshole? Okay, so to be fair, that was my what the fuck. Since when does a locker room empty out for someone's return? <laughs> for Seth! They do this with Seth all the time. 
Except it's fucking it, annoying. Except but, it really wasn't his return because he returned at, at Royal Rumble. <laughs> so. Right, and he returned to Royal Rumble with the you know Messiah music and, and being a shitbag. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I didn't buy this for a second either. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and honestly, this whole character has been an abstract, just an abstract failure for me. I, I'm not into it. I oh, don't okay. like it. I don't. It, it lends nothing to Seth Rollins. I think it's a cheap cheap heel character i mean he's fucking reverend devon essentially like wait 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 you're talking about since he's been on smackdown or just since he turned just since he turned in general wow. but okay i kind of enjoyed his character no i i i will well, disagree with you at first because i liked him with aop yeah but then once but he wasn't he wasn't all in on the full-on like god right yeah but but right. yeah one once once Murphy became his, and I like I liked Murphy becoming his disciple over that. But then, yeah, once like like uh, once he really started to dig into it and had like the fucking stained glass shirt and stuff like that, yeah, that for sure has been. Plus, he did nothing for fucking Murphy. Nope. <laughs> he kept losing again followers. Two of them got fired, and yeah, and so yeah, it it hasn't been good. And then. It it works a lot better when you have somebody who can turn around and try to recruit people who's a, who's actually done good with somebody. You know, like Paul Heyman can turn around and recruit somebody because he can be like, "I've got all these world champions behind me." You know, excuse me, excuse me. The, the Paul <laughs> Heyman impressions to me on this show. Sorry, but yeah, like for Seth to be like, "I know, I, I knew you'd you'd see it my way." Cesaro's just like, "Dude, man, I've been a fucking Paul Heyman guy, and I failed under him. I'm gonna fail under you too." Sorry, dude. Like. <laughs> Like no, he's got no credibility, and and you need your heels to have credibility. And and to your point, the the, the matches with Cesaro will probably be good. I mm-hmm. would have liked this segment, I think, more if this had been Daniel Bryan standing up to him. Yeah, because I think Daniel has the chops to go, you know, blow for blow with him in promo war. Uh, but I, I think that's where we're where we're gonna get to. Probably eventually. ultimately, I do think that's still the WrestleMania end game. Right. Um, However, we end up getting there. And notice Cesaro teaming with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just it's, I, I didn't buy it. Now, Seth is great in ring. I just think he's had a disconnect with his character and the audience for a very long time. So, personally, I think the booking is awful when it comes to Seth. Like I mentioned, the, everybody coming out to the ring for his return. Uh, everybody, of course, except for Roman. So, at least they kept that correct. But um, with Seth, like I like the fact that he thinks he's like a messiah, that he he buys into it in his own head. I didn't like the program he had with Ray. It you know it went went too long and I, it jumped the shark many times. But you can be a super conceited heel and think you're the best in the world, and I'm fine with that. the The notion that like this real dude is running around thinking he's a deity is a little fucking annoying to me. I don't know. I just it, it's too hokey for me. Not not the hokiest thing, by the way, that we see on the roster by any stretch, and we'll talk about another one later. But um, oh, this is going to be one of those episodes. Yeah, but me and just, you do not see eye to eye on some things. So I'm is so was this just to take Cesaro out of the elimination chamber Friday? No, because he's still in it. No, no, his match was after that. No, no, is this leading to taking him out of it Friday? Are we going to see Seth versus him Friday, and then Seth wins and takes that spot? Because otherwise, Seth isn't booked. Seth isn't booked for Elimination Chamber right now. That's possible. Wouldn't shock me. 
That's a possibility. So if there's a former WWE champion, you could have him go take a spot on the Raw side, I suppose. Since that's the only way you can get the elimination chamber over there. More, more, on, more on that, little bird. Little uh, bird. I, had, I did have one more bad if nobody else has one. Go ahead. Uh, just to play off how much I liked the Apollo and Big E interaction, uh, Big E and Shinsei have a really interesting idea for a match that ends in a DQ because, of course, they do. What's the point? You can't beat Shinsuke at this point. Like, you can't let them have a really good competitive match where Shinsuke almost wins a couple falsies and then Big E pins him. Because we're trying to build Big E. Shouldn't he be getting big wins over guys? You would think so. Then again, Keith Lee only wins by DQ, so. And we were trying to build him for a little bit. Where was that guy this week? I'll be back next week. (laughs) Um, Is he still recovering from COVID? No, he was on TV last week. He was on TV last week. That's right. Um, well, maybe he's he's he got a got a fucking show off to, you know, fuck my medium, <clears throat> or you know, bring that BBC into reckoning. Um, so our what our our hotata fox. Um, mine this week is just the continued fucking shambles that the tag team division is in, because we yet again have the fucking tag team champions lose to two random guys put together. Well, tag team champions are two random guys put together, so... Yes, but I believe they've crossed that threshold now. They have teamed with each other long enough where they have crossed that threshold, because most tag teams... I mean, the fucking New Age Outlaws are two random fucking guys that were thrown together, but eventually they became a tag team. I think that they... they Just like, like Bliss Cross fucking Toss My Sauce was eventually the team that we said, that's a tag team. I think that the fucking Dirty Dicks are a tag team now. I was going to say, they have a team name now. Yeah, well, I mean, Ziggler was doing singles matches, so. Yeah, but that's no different from fucking when Bliss Cross Hospice Sauce was there, too. You still had Alexa Bliss on a bunch of Street Profits in singles matches very often, if at all. Which is a shame. Yeah, Um, well, you don't see them in fucking tag team matches either, so. (laughs) On TV this week. This week! (laughs) Yeah, one fucking one week a month there. Storyline Ford's been injured. Yeah, I know. But yeah, so that that's my thing is again we're just here here we go again fucking take team champions lose it the the fucking are the the titles aren't on the line of the elimination chamber they've got no fucking storyline you know Neither the, the tag titles are on the line but, of the but chamber. they yep. were able to squeeze Otis into Jason Jordan's old gear yeah sure yeah remember that time Jason Jordan was dancing <laughs> took me a second he's a he's a he's a very light skinned black man. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know. And, and he's, he's half Kurt Angle. No, yes, sure. Kurt Angle's son. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing but dancing black people everywhere. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that sort of ties into my what the fuck too, which was all of our qualifying matches for the Elimination Chamber for a singles title were done in tag team matches. So fucking stupid. I like how Adam Pierce was like, "How are we ever gonna?" fill up this chamber and within 10 minutes after he said that we already had half the half the job done we already had two two uh one third of it done before he left the room mm-hmm. that's yep. true no but i mean after he said that that like in the back with sonya and he was like yeah. oh we gotta fill up this chamber and it's like boom 10 minutes later now we have four out of six yep. but at least i will say this at least on the smackdown side You've got sort of a, and I understand he's been around for a while, but a guy like Cesaro who could 
fill that Kofi role of an underutilized guy who could get a good long run in there and really sort of entrench himself as, as perhaps a new top guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have any of that on the raw side, but we'll talk no, about that. No, no, and yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Sal, um, my what the fuck was? What's the point of an intercontinental championship match if you're going to end it in three minutes in a DQ? Like Biggie, for everything that they that I thought Biggie did for himself with his promo and his interaction with Apollo. They didn't do him any favors with this match. Like Jason said, have him go 10, 12 minutes. Have him get one win out of it. Are you okay? I agree with I agree with Jason. Um, are, you, are you okay, dude? Why? Because Jason brought this up 10 minutes ago, and you stayed silent the entire time. Because it was my what the fuck. Then say it. We, dude, we constantly go out of order on things whenever someone else I brings up this stuff. going down the bad list, and I was like, ah. Uh, then everything's messed up and mixed in together, and then okay, so fine, yes, I, I'm sorry I didn't say okay. anything. Oh, I that's didn't, fine. It was my what the fuck, so I was like, well, he's saying everything I'm going to say, but I don't want to say as my what the fuck because we're not in that category. Uh, <laughs> building off of Sal's point, I feel the same way I felt seven minutes ago. So, <laughs> but still, then you then you no sold it as if like Jason hadn't talked about it. Well, I also <laughs> you guys give me dirty looks when I interrupt, so. No, we don't. It's just the way I look, man. I just look like an asshole. No, I, no, like you, you didn't even. You could have started with like, I know Jason said this, really, because at least then you it would have been like, you were acknowledging that this conversation already happened. Oh, you get disapproving trophies. You fucking know it. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, no, man. Like this has always been the format of the show. If somebody takes your what the fuck for you in a bad, you just jump right in and fucking talk about it. Then we then we're able to skip that portion of it later. Uh, does anyone else have anything else uh, for SmackDown? All right. Heading over to Raw. Uh, the good. I got nothing. Sal, what's your good? Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. It was a hard fucking pull this week. It nothing, really dude. All right. I'm going to have to roll up my sleeves because this is going <laughs> to be a long one. Troy, cut us off when you feel we're going too long. I had to go three fucking times through the list of like, the results again to figure out something for my good. Do you have something like substantial that you want to talk about, Sal? Yes, and that's why I said I'm going to roll up okay. my sleeves. So hold on. Before you do that, let, let, me just get, let me just do mine then because mine are not substantial. <laughs> okay. we'll get one, I enjoyed the fact that Miz pulled himself out of the Elimination Chamber because from a logic standpoint, it made fucking sense. That's the first thing they've done that made sense in a while. The other good I had from Raw was Mandy Rose's outfit. Good God. Uh, To your point, that was the only part of Miz TV I enjoyed was the very end when he said, I'm removing myself from the chamber. And I was like, good, fuck off. (laughs) But then John Morrison's got a shot to get in there, but Miz fights for it. And they even said... Then Miz would have to enter the gauntlet on behalf of Morrison. I'm like, what the fuck are you? Wait, Where the I, fuck is Morrison? I didn't put it in a category, but I made a note saying this would work a lot better if John Morrison was here. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I just thought of something for my good from Raw. Um, Peyton Royce got a wedgie in the middle of the match. Yes. I approve. Uh, that wasn't got a wedgie. That was Charlotte pulling her. Like, tight Charlotte. Charlotte always she does always this does to does women. She did to Alexa yes. all the time. And, and mind you. I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, thank you. And 
This one was like full on, like you saw above her ass, like when she saw her pantyhose where they started. Yeah, it was like it was. I was like, God damn! Thank you, Charlotte. Finally, yeah. something did. multiple times in the match. Actually, yeah. mm-hmm. one of these days, Charlotte's gonna rip it. She's just gonna tear someone's friggin'. Oh, dude, yeah, she's gonna give someone a yeast infection with that shit. Well, that's right. Cool. All right, so go ahead. To be fair, I very much hope that uh, Peyton is the one getting that title match on Sunday. But we'll talk about that later. Yes. So my good from Raw, just... You're wrong. Sorry, I was just pre- preemptive. Sorry. <laughs> when Orton was cutting his promo... Oh, God. And the Firefly Funhouse fun cut in... I <laughs> said gone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that Firefly Funhouse cut came on. <laughs> Um, I really enjoyed Alexa's promo. I'm I'm an old school horror fan. It I love the pentagram on the floor. I love the way her eyes looked and, and the candles and the whole fucking nine. And I liked it. I thought it worked. Now later on it would it would jump the shark a little bit, but I thought for that it worked. Okay, so before before Jason takes over. I'm just going to say it because this this was my bad. All right. December 20th. Randy Orton lit the fiend on fire. Yeah. We are a solid two months. Sorry, three months uh, off after that. I'm bored. I'm fucking bored. Did you just say December 20th we set the fiend on fire and we're three months ahead of that now? Yeah. Sorry. No, it's only like two. February. Yeah, two. Sorry. Right? Two. Okay. Yep. I'm very tired. Two months. Two months with nothing happening. Randy Orton got his face fucking lit on fire. He was fine two weeks later. No, no, a week later at the Royal Rumble. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, it wasn't even. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fastest healing burns in history. Yeah. That is true. I will absolutely like, 100% agree with that. Was Alexa's promo good? Sure, it was fine. But it's. Talking for two months, just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Nothing's happening. We got one RKO on her one time. That's the only interaction the two of them have had other than, so she burned his face, he RKO'd her in two months' time. And this isn't the feud that we're supposed to be getting. It's supposed to be Randy versus The Fiend. And he's not here for two months. And it's just, it's boring at this point. Nothing new is happening. I don't care anymore. I don't want the fiend to come back and feud with Randy Orton, and I'm over it, and I'm just fucking bored. Like, yes, it's cool. She's sitting on a pentagram and stuff like that. Like, I'm, I I like horror movies too. But you know what? I, what I I like about horror movies when the fucking killer slashes somebody in half, not when the killer right. just is fucking walking through through the fucking park for thirty minutes waiting for it to kill somebody. No, like nothing has happened. It's I'm just I'm just bored, which is the worst thing that you can be in wrestling is bored with a fucking segment. No, I I do get that. It's, if they wanted to do this at Mania, this is unfortunately how long it was going to take. They're going to have to stretch it out. Now, maybe um, maybe they should have left it alone after the Fiend got burned up and then, and then started it again when they were ready to bring him back to TV. Yeah, but how many fucking feuds is this asshole in? Well, no, I mean, really, that's his WrestleMania feud, feud is, is, is the Fiend, so... He's he can, literally he can bitch at Edge and Drew all he wants. He's not actually gonna, you know, have a feud with them anymore. But he's feuding with them. The Royal Rumble was a feud between Randy Orton and Edge. The entire Royal Rumble was a feud between Randy Orton and Edge. Like yeah. 
And then he's right back in the fucking tub. Now, if they turn around at fucking Elimination Chamber and, like, the lights go out and it flicks around and, like, the spotlight goes out and instead of Randy Orton, fucking Bray Wyatt's in there, at least that'd be something. Well, that's what I'm but, hoping for. <laughs> but that's the problem. Is like, I can't... This company has beaten me down so much, I can't give them the benefit of the doubt that that's going to happen. What's going to I feel like what's going to happen is Randy Orton's going to enter that match. The fucking Alexa's going to fuck with him. He's going to get rolled up, and he's going to be out of it. And it's going to be like, well, yeah... You know, Randy Orton's gonna be the last one in the ring with McIntyre, yeah. and then the Fiend's gonna come up from under out from under the ring, like cut a hole in the ring, and pull Randy Orton down to hell or something, and then yeah. the fucking end of it. It's just I'm, I'm uh, just over well, it. Dude. If the Fiend shows up, he's saying that that would be something. So I I appreciate boring, that. Uh, I appreciate when Troy handles most of the heavy lifting of the argument <laughs> for me. It makes my life a lot easier. Uh, before I before I chime in, KTMN uh, said, "Does this mean we're getting the fiend back as a wish.com cane?" <laughs> Quite possibly, could be. Um, all right, so here's here's where we at. You liked Alexa's eyes; she's done that. Yeah. You liked her promo; she's done that. You liked the her tits. Literally, the only thing different this week was that she was in a pentagram. And by the way, if you really wanted to see a hot chick in a pentagram, go check out Bride of Chucky. Jennifer Tilly did it first and did it better. Now, um, okay. Hold on. You also said you struggled. I let you guys go. Now let me say my piece here. Because when the fiend got burned down, Alexa was playing her role, her character, really fucking well. I was really enjoying what they were doing with her. Mm. And since then, they've started the really dumb shit with Alexa. Teleporting, sitting on turnbuckles, spitting black shit out of her mouth, changing characters mid-match on a quote-unquote live broadcast. I, I, I've been on record on the show a lot, and I said this when The Fiend debuted. I love the split personality aspect. I don't want this to become another Undertaker where we start having stupid supernatural shit attached to it. That's what The Fiend is. You guys on AEW Rundown, shit all over Broken Matt Hardy. This is Broken Matt Hardy. There's teleporting. There's goofy fucking like speaking in tongues. There's weird. This is it's the same fucking thing that you hate when Matt Hardy does that because Alexa's hot. We're cool with it. Like Alexa was was great when she was Alexa was great. Similar to the fiend when Alexa was playing split personality, psychotic, crazy chick, natural born killers. That shit was great. Then when she started becoming supernatural, I checked the fuck out. Now, I am going to... One of my what the fucks, and I'll, I guess I'll just enter it now since we're talking about it, is so much to the effect that Randy Orton, a 20-year veteran, a multiple-time heavyweight champion, in a an arena full of people's faces on screens, is so distracted by the beautiful face of Alexa Bliss that he gets himself counted out of a match where he needs to win to get the number the last spot in the elimination chamber. They they've made Alexa a magical mystical they've made Randy Orton a complete fucking idiot and they've made the fiend a non-factor. So you tell me who's coming out of this program better than they went into it. So as you had said, you struggled to find something good on Raw. I specifically left out the end part because I thought that was dumb as shit. 
I just the only thing I enjoyed on Raw was that promo in the Funhouse. I mean, yeah, sure, it was fine, but it was there was nothing different. It was what we she's been doing. Well, to, to Roy's point, it's the same shit she's done since the Fiend left. Sure, and I think you have to do that if he shows up this Sunday. If you can't just like not do anything, do you know what I mean? I don't want him to come back at this point. Honestly, they've well, damaged that, that character you. so much. I, I'm very. I'll be very happy when he does return. To do what? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, this this is my my issue with it. I'm I'm all for bringing him back. I don't want him to be in a feud with Randy Orton again, which is the only way they're going to bring him back at this point is if he's in a feud with Randy Orton. I don't want to see it. I'm done. This is the second time these two have feuded for a long time, and neither has been good. So you are vilely against a first-time matchup between Edge and Roman Reigns where you have the human interest story of Edge returning to reclaim a title he never lost nine years ago, but a fucking dude can teleport back to have the same feud he's been having on and off for the last four fucking years, and you're all in on it. I don't understand that law. It's your logic. You're welcome to have it. I don't understand it. That's just me. I feel like we're we're going to have one like consenting agreement on the what the fuck this week on Raw. So I'm gonna <laughs> So I'm gonna go ahead and just give mine because it's it's different. Because because I knew I'm like rather there is one other person on the show with me or four, there's no way that Lacey Evans is not coming up and everyone's what the fuck. So, yeah, but we still have bad. So let's hold off on the. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought we. I thought that. No, no. Cause we're still I, on goods because Alexa was Sal's good. Oh, that's right. So sorry. We didn't have a good, and your good was. Yeah, that Peyton Royce says. Tell me, Mandy Rose's outfit wasn't one of the few goods that's on really the good. Sal. Go ahead. She always is. I mean, that's not the new. All right. She's usually in wrestling gear. Something about Mandy and tight jeans. Just oh, dude. You know. Yeah. All right, Sal, what is what is your bad, then? So my bad from Raw was um, Asuka's women's title reign. What the fuck is... It's awful. They didn't do shit with her, with her reign since she won it back from Sasha. Dude, dude, Asuka's... Dude, Wait, let you. me finish. Let me let me go to where you want to go. Okay. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because you, ju- I just wanted to point out, you just uh, you introduced your opinion there, like John Silver on BTE. Mm-hmm. It is okay. Alexa title it, awful. It is. Yeah. And and I was I was only interrupting you because I was going to make a joke. By the way, I wasn't I wasn't derailing your conversation. I was just going to make a joke. I don't. By the way, I don't disagree with this premise. So go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Um, so first of all, we put a graphic up of Lacey versus Asuka this Sunday at the chamber, which they knew was bullshit, but let's, let's fucking promote it. Everything like that. For some reason, Asuka and Lacey are going to fight, uh, for the title because Lacey got her shit kicked in by Charlotte last week and somehow that. You know, equals a title match. That's part number one. She won by disqualification because Raw. <laughs> so then, 
you know, Lacey does the whole thing. Let's talk about what Lacey did. Lacey apparently is pregnant in real life, so right. they decided to work it into the storyline that Ric Flair impregnated Lacey. Gross. Okay. Jason, you were right. God forbid. I, I'm more, God I'm more forbid. laughing at the idea, like, we were, let's all save Lacey for our what the fuck, and then you immediately jump into Lacey on that. Well, I was talking okay. about Asuka. But because of that, Lacey's out of the title match this uh, this Sunday. Okay. So now Asuka gets a new opponent with, at the very best case scenario, it's somebody new who defeats her for the title. And the very worst case scenario, it's like Nia Jax and Asuka beats her in 10 minutes. Peyton Royce. Yeah, I don't see that either. And if it is Peyton Lace, Royce, Peyton Lace's Royce is partner. not going to beat her. It's Lacey's partner. Makes sense. Who cares? They've done nothing to make Asuka feel important. Since hey, man. The, title back. The, the WWE not properly so, booking an Asian champion is a direct shot at AEW. <laughs> so I, I disagree with you. you. You you had me to a point right up until the very end when you said they've done nothing with her. They've done nothing right with her since she won the title because she won the title I, back from from Sasha. Over OK, the- I was going to say because her program with Sasha and Bailey, I actually really did enjoy. So but yeah, no, I can't I can't disagree with a lot of that. Um, she's not booked strongly and, and one of my bads was how do you leave Monday Night Raw with no decision on who Asuka's going to face? You know, we went out of our way to find replacements for fucking Miz in the Elimination Chamber. We held a match to determine that, and then a gauntlet. But but God forbid we show the respect to the women's champion of finding her a suitable replacement for her match. Yeah, no, it was awful. Made the women's title feel way less than. I'm not going to, if you're waiting for me to disagree with you on that one, Sal, I'm not going to, it's not going to happen, so. Just sucks because, again, um, this division felt like they took care of it better when Ronda was here. And by the way, to to the earlier discussion, one of the things that made Asuka look awful is her cowering from Alexa Bliss because Alexa Bliss changed clothes. So, you know. Sure. Like, she's from Japan. She's seen worse than that, right? I would think. Like I'm, she's probably been chased by a tentacle monster, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. All right. <laughs> um, okay, Jason. Uh, my bad was in general the gauntlet match. Uh, Son of a bitch. One of the things WWE has done exceedingly well over the last few years is when they've had these gauntlet matches, they've taken an underdog and given them this nice long run through a gauntlet that sort of establishes them. They did it with Seth leading into his match with Brock that sort of really got the fans rallied behind Seth. Didn't win the match, but the fans got over with them. They did it with Kofi. Really, To me, that was really the jumping-off point for Kofi Mania was that gauntlet match. Um, and now this... A uh, gauntlet match where you don't inherently root for anybody, you have no underdogs, and the match is won by the guy who challenged the world champion a few weeks ago. So, yay, Sheamus has the last spot in the fucking chamber, because I give a shit. There's nobody that could, uh, to be fair, there's nobody that could have won that match where I would have given a shit, but 
I, it was a match where I I could not have cared less. It was such fake fucking drama. Troy's got something to say. Go ahead, Troy. Uh, so um, my what the fuck was? Why do you have an orange box around you now? Because I because I'm because I'm I'm raising my hand. <laughs> okay. uh, so my uh, my what the fuck this week was uh, your world champion lost to a claymore kick. A bro kick, but yeah, <laughs> same thing. But yeah, well, they, the one you lay out, the other <laughs> one you don't. They're very different moves, Troy. Right. Either way, you had him lose a match. Before been WrestleMania, yeah. They've been very fucking protective of Drew's pinfalls. All right, he's lost mm-hmm. to Randy. He's lost to Roman. I think mm-hmm. That's pretty much it, right? Since, since the rise of him, yeah. That's been, On the yeah. plus side, they took all of that momentum from him beating Brock, from him being so protected over the last year, and they used it to build up an exciting new superstar in Sheamus. <laughs> I wish, I wish Sheamus could get pregnant. We had a discussion about building new superstars, this is what they consider building new stars, and that's the problem. Taking a guy, well, he hasn't been a main, he hasn't been a main eventer in a while, but that's not building a new star. That's taking a guy who was already a star at one point, already a world champion, and just putting him back in the mix. You don't need to build for that. You can just do it. By the way, we've already discussed the fact that Sheamus has the fucking Benjamin Button disease in terms of careers. Where he started with the WWE Championship and then regressed to tag team champion. Well, he started but, with the WWE Championship by accident, but yeah. Well, yeah, but still. Uh, he fell through a table he wasn't supposed to fall through. Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is the issue where um, you know I, I understand I'm much more apologetic uh, towards WWE on a lot of things, but then they they just beat me back into submission again. Because as soon as they announced this, this obviously I wasn't here last week. As soon as they announced this elimination chamber match, I was like, "Well, there goes my argument for anything." <laughs> because it's like titled this episode, Jason was right. Okay. Apparently, well, you, I mean, you weren't the only one, but I, 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 like I said, I don't, I don't like the glitter, the, like the generality, the blanket statement of that, uh, because they, they, they do at times, but then you, you have a fucking prime opportunity here, and it's like. Nope, we're gonna put everybody over the age of fucking thirty-eight in this match, and like, like you said, like former WWE champions, former WWE champions, Only which former WWE champions, which would be okay if the other chamber then had a bunch of new people, but the other chamber has, yes, I know Jey Uso, but it's got Cesaro, who's been there for 20 years it's got daniel bryan who is almost retired you know it's got kevin owens who is who has been in a fucking title match with roman each of the last four fucking pay-per-views you know lost and lost yeah it's like put fucking chad gable in there you know like build him up a little bit more at least it'd be something fucking at least it'd be somebody new that you'd be putting in there but both of them have just the same fucking people that have been circling around the main event this entire time. And like before, go ahead. And when we talked about all the new, the influx of new talent into NXT, that was one of the things I mentioned. And I think it flew under the radar a little bit. They never, I mean, you never see them let go of any of these top guys. And they, Vince views them all as top guys all the time as the top guys. Randy Orton should be nowhere near the top of a card at this point in his career. He should be utilizing the cachet he built up 10, year, 10 15 years ago mm-hmm. to develop the next big stars. 
And we thought that was what was happening with Keith Lee, except Keith Lee went back to obscurity and Randy Orton went on to win the World Heavyweight Championship. How do you – I don't understand how you have a show with Keith Lee and Riddle and Mustafa Ali and you don't utilize any of them. And you literally have the built-in program – Mm-hmm. of Mustafa coming in to steal the spot from Kofi that Kofi stole from him two years ago. Right. Yep. It but, writes itself if you're they, not lazy. But they wanted this tagline. They they wanted they wanted to give Michael Cole talking... No, not Michael Cole. It would be uh, um, Tom, Tom, Phillips. Tom Phillips. They wanted to give Tom Phillips the talking points for this match, so that he's going to talk about it throughout the entirety of the match, that each of these guys were world champion. That's all it was. They just wanted that fucking talking point. So to and, my point, uh, to your point about them being lazy, um, my what the fuck this week was another gauntlet match. Wow, who cares about booking a third hour raw? Just throw on a gauntlet match. We've seen that if it's times. done right. It, like no, like no, no. I said. And, and 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 that's true. When it builds somebody, when somebody gets that push, even a couple weeks ago with with Nakamura, it worked for that episode. <laughs> this was nothing. If Mustafa Ali had a nice long run in this gauntlet match, or Riddle, or even Keith Lee, you would have gotten something out of this gauntlet match. No, this this match was so fucking boring. It was Drew. It was Drew got the rub again. And it's like, how much how much further can you push him with the card? He's the champion. Like he doesn't he didn't need to be there, and and he didn't need to be in this match. He doesn't need to be in the fucking chamber either. You know. But but I, I get it. You want to want to have him defend the belt or whatever that, and, and overcome all the odds and shit like that. Whatever. It's the same fucking I, I, tired I'm ass story. Above the fact that you're doing literally the exact same thing on both shows, with the heavyweight champions being tied into the chamber match. Yeah. yeah. In different ways, mind you, mm-hmm. but still the same story. No women's match. No tag teams. Nothing in the chamber. It's the same on both sides of the, the both brands. You know that the tag team chamber match they did a couple of years ago was really fucking good. You know, one of well, dude, one of my favorite Hell in the Cell matches to this day is still the New Day versus uh, the Usos. Usos. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. You had the opportunity again, and then like, like, oh, here it is, same shit. So it's sad, but you know, um, which if, if we're done would be a good segue into our doing our predictions poll. But we still have to do our what the fucks. Um, I thought you did yours. Sorry. Nope. We all we agreed we were going to hold off and do Lacey as our group. What the fuck? Well, two um, of us did. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't my what the fuck. My the only the other bad I had was that Kofi gets added to the chamber, which we sort of touched on. All right. So. I'd rather him than Miz. But yes, so, I agree. I'd rather Mustafa, Mustafa Ali than Kofi. You say I'd rather him than the Miz. I'd rather Morrison than Kofi. And I love. Apparently, Kofi. Morrison has COVID. Because, I don't know, why else wasn't he on this one? I, I, but I would prefer him to Kofi, because at least it's someone new sort of in that mix with the top guys. Well, you know, because for whatever reason, we can't fucking sign Carlito, and you just let him fucking walk again. I At that point, that's the first... I, 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 read, that, I read that Vince told him he needed more work on his upper body. I'm sure. <laughs> that's one guy that, at this point, I hope fucking shows up at AEW. Because honestly, like the guy comes back looking like that, and you're just gonna be like, "Oh, well, just gonna book you for bra." Then fuck off! Like, really? Like if that guy? Do, 
that guy could have such a in the speaking Spanglish section. So, well, yeah, I understand that, but like you've got another guy who could be a fucking John Morrison, be a Shelf Benjamin for you, you know, putting over the young guys in the mid card there, and then you're just gonna be like, nah, fuck it. Like I understand that I was just I was advocating for for us getting rid of some people, but like that's a guy who he's he's been gone for a decade. Like he, he he's refreshed to me. You know, he's somebody we haven't seen in a fucking ten years. So I I would have no problem with him taking a spot on the card. Yeah. All right, yeah. Sal, you said you had something different other than than Lacey. So go ahead. No, that was the gauntlet match. Why are we oh. playing another gauntlet? Gotcha. That was my what the fuck. All right, Jason, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to be the one to lead into this. Okay. So Sal sort of already started to tell the story, even though we all agree we're going to save it. But um, (laughs) (laughs) on Raw, uh, we found out they go through a whole segment. This is the weird part. Lacey cuts a pre-match promo where she talks about how she's going to take the title off of Asuka. And then they launch into this tag team match. Now, as I'm watching the tag team match, I'm thinking to myself, weird that they're not getting Lacey in the match at all. She's not even getting the chicken shit, steal it when the heat faces down spot. Like They're actively avoiding her in the ring, which is a weird thing, given that she's fighting for the championship. And then Charlotte gets in the ring, and she goes after Lacey, and then Peyton makes a tag, and Charlotte goes to get Lacey, and Lacey like, walks down and grabs a microphone and tells the world that she's pregnant. Good. <laughs> which Ric Flair then yells call me daddy which Woo! must be an immaculate conception because we've established they ain't fucking but then 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 I can do better you go to WWE.com and the results of the match were that Oscar and Charlotte won by disqualification Lacey got disqualified for announcing her pregnancy. <laughs> I thought it was a no contest. It's a DQ? No, no they listed as a DQ. Jesus Christ. Because they can't do anything except a DQ. <laughs> um, and I'm not joking. That is how it's listed on WWE.com. Just listed um, as a forfeit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Or no contest. Or no contest. Or, or no contest. Um. First off, congratulations to Lacey and her, and her husband, obviously. Um, pregnancy has really fucked Vince McMahon's booking plans over the last couple of years, I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, but fuck, man. This was the most convoluted fucking way to do this that I've ever seen. Also, where do we go from here? Because Lacey's going to be gone for a while. Does Charlotte just forget about this? Is Rick constantly reminding him he stuck his dick in her? Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't stick his dick in her. Um, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Sal, how did you like this? Who do you think the dad is, Sal? Um, Vince. (laughs) (laughs) It was me. It was me all along. The Um, genetic jackhammer. I hate the way they handled this. Okay, they knew, um, you know, days before Raw or whatever that that she was pregnant. And you're gonna give us the match graphic, her versus Oscar. You're gonna fucking put it into the into the match where Lacey does everything to avoid getting tagged, and then you're gonna 
you're going to do this stupid fucking shit at the end. It's just fuck off. <laughs> and not, not, not to Lacey. Good for her. I'm glad, you know, congratulations. But this Vince writing this into the show and making time for this and doing it in this way. What? That's so fucking dumb. Like, and like you said, now she's off TV for a year. So what do you do now? Does Ric Flair just show up every he does what Lacey well, did at the beginning of her career. He just shows up and walks down and then walks back. If uh, if past is any indication, we do a who's the father th- angle for a couple months. <laughs> Can we do a sperm on a pole match? <laughs> <laughs> I think the sperm's already been disseminated. Oh, that's true. That's true. Here's, so here's here's the thing. We talked about um, the, the the last pregnancy that we had, Becky Lynch's, and it was it was very clear from the the month leading up to her announcement there, that it appeared to be planned, uh, a planned pregnancy, because she didn't work any matches uh, like a month before she was, but you she know. wrestled WrestleMania pregnant. Did she? That's the speculation the marks were coming up with. Oh, no, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, if it was, it was, she didn't know at that point. But, yeah, like I said, we, we had it where it was like there was a fucking month where she just didn't, work any matches or anything like that, and she just talked, and then I'm going to send you the announcement. Lacey Evans worked last week. She worked Charlotte right. last week. <laughs> so, like, it doesn't yeah. seem well, like this... supposedly was... just found out, so... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, this clearly wasn't something that they were planning, because if that was the case, you feel like she'd be like, take me out of storylines for a little bit, because we're, we're trying to get pregnant. I, I mean, in her, in her defense, I would assume Ric Flair just comes dust at this point. <laughs> right. Um, if you're WWE, why not just take the hit on it? Just she comes out on Twitter or Instagram, she announces it, and then we never talk about the storyline again. The only the only hits that I want to see did, uh, that that WWE takes are smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, again, like they they had to write her off the show, so doing this is, is a way for they they can continue Charlotte and, and Rick can fuck with her. Without having Lacey Evans there all the time, you know that's fine. And then yeah, you What's you. The point of Rick fucking with her if she's not going to be around for a year? There's no end game there. Well, who says she's not going to be around for a year? She's not going to wrestle for a year, but she can be the be a manager for Peyton Royce for a little bit, they, or we, be we, a manager from somebody else. No, no, no. We've established at least pretty well. Although this is sort of what surprised me on Monday. They've been pretty emphatic, especially if you listen to Maria too. If you're pregnant, they don't, we don't want you anywhere near the okay. room. We don't want yeah. any liability to that. Especially during these times, too. It's just a whole other ball game. I would, right. I, I would assume, then, this is for when she returns. You, you, you set that up as her being like, hey, uh, me, me and your dad, we replaced that brother that you lost. You know? Oh, <laughs> Jesus, dude. Oh, So the elimination chamber. <laughs> <laughs> she could have brought her pregnancy results and went, "Hey, could you read?" Oh my god! Oh, there you go. See, see, you brought it back with me, man. You came to my side. That's all I care about. <laughs> all right, uh, are, are we good? Are, okay, are... So, in our defense, there, Charlotte was perfectly willing to throw her dead brother into a storyline. So, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if. It... Never mind. All right, so let's go. Are we good? I'm good. Jason? All right. Everybody, right now, 
I don't give a fuck if you're driving on the freeway. Bring up your, up your web browser, go to rundownwrestling.com right now, and make your picks with us. I will I will give a moment while uh, my compatriots also head on over to rundownwrestling.com so that they can put in there. By the way, I just looked at the Elimination Chamber poster that I posted on there. I didn't realize that Drew had this ornament. Yeah, I just noticed. It's the first time I'm seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I just... It's also, like, those two guys are not facing each other. That's sort of a misleading poster. Yeah, but they, they have, like, the red on one side, the blue on the other side, so it works. I just feel like I'm looking at a poster for The Force Awakens. <laughs> By the way, what's up with Roman's face? He just found out Lacey's pregnant by Rick. <laughs> and he's like... Look, all I'm saying is, you know, fucking Eli Drake gets there and all of a sudden one of the people are pregnant. All right, slap your name in there. Uh, Hold on. Sure. So so really, if you really, really, really want to be committed to this, mm-hmm. you wait till Lacey's back, and that's when Andrade returns to be the daddy of the baby. There you go. And then they have uh, fucking custody of her baby on a pole match. There you go. Or a baby on a pole match. All right, uh, in no particular order here, because fuck that. Uh, Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre takes on AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Sheamus, and Kofi Kingston. Jason, who you got? Drew McIntyre. Sal. Jeff Hardy. No, All right. That you're... I can't say that. That's what you said. It's locked in. Drew McIntyre on it. I'm going with McIntyre as well. Oh, we don't. We don't have to. We don't have to elaborate on Drew McIntyre winning the Elimination Chamber match, dude. No, but this sucks because Edge has said I'm gonna wait till after the Chamber, so you already know that Drew and Roman are, are emerging from Elimination Why? Chamber as as title holders. That's not. Honestly, I disagree. We'll no, talk okay. about that later. we'll talk there's, about that. There's a very good chance that Randy Orton beats Drew McIntyre in his Orton vs Edge in WrestleMania. I don't. I don't see how you say Drew McIntyre was going to come out of this because Edge said he's waiting until after it. doesn't make any sense, because they're both faces. WWE Raw Women's Championship, Asuka or some other bitch? Uh, Sal? Uh, Asuka. Jason? I'm going to get creative. I'm going to say some other bitch, and I'm going to say that's Rhea Ripley. I'm going to say some other bitch as well, because they haven't done anything with Asuka yet, so... Uh, United States Championship Triple Threat Match, Bobby Lashley, Keith Lee, and Riddle. That hurt me to type just riddle, by the way. Uh, Jason. I'm going I'm to take the Jeff roll and try and just play what I want and get everything wrong, but they've spent so much time having Matt Riddle look like such a fucking pussy in this whole thing that if it doesn't end with him ending up with the title, I'm going to be really disappointed. And I think, the, I think there are plans for Lashley and Keith Lee to do much bigger things on this roster than the United States Championship, so I'm going to say Matt Riddle. Okay. Sal? Plan to be disappointed, because I'm saying Lashley retains. I'm going to go with Keith Lee just to be different. Uh, I'll pick someone different. Yes. (laughs) Elimination Chamber match to decide who loses to Roman. Uh, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Daniel Bryan. Sal? I really hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to say Kevin Owens wins the Chamber. Well, Jason. I also am saying Kevin Owens. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make it fun and say Jey Uso. So we can do like a finger poke doom thing. 
Uh, Roman Reigns <laughs> versus the Elimination Chamber winner, Jason. I am going to say Kevin Owens defeats Roman Reigns to win the. They have told this story of Kevin Owens never giving up, being the huge underdog, and he won't go away and he won't stop. And they have set this up to be such a slam dunk for Roman to just destroy whoever wins that, to me, it makes perfect sense for Kevin Owens to be the guy. Now, and I've mentioned this, I think, last week on the show, the March pay-per-view is going to be the first one on Peacock. Yeah. It makes sense that they will want something big with serious WrestleMania implications and the idea of Roman trying to get his title back from Kevin Owens in what Roman clearly decides is a fluke, probably because Adam Pierce is somehow involved and Rainsfield screwed over, I think makes a ton of sense. So I'm going to say I think Owens beats Reigns for the championship. All right, Sal. I hope Jason's right, because that would be definitely a moment. Um, but my gut tells me that going to stick with Roman, and Roman beats Owens. See, if they were just going to stick with Roman, they would have just stuck him in the chamber. To me, the whole point of this is to set it up that it's so overwhelmingly obvious that Roman's going to win so that they have somebody else win. It's definitely a possibility. I just I can't can't bank on it. I'm going to go with go with Roman just because but uh, yeah, go ahead and put your picks in. Uh, then next week we'll be back to uh, discuss everything that took place at the Elimination Chamber or if you're in Germany, no escape. Um, it's not a joke. That's how it's supposed to call over there. I know, I know. It just it makes me laugh every time. Okay. Every year. Sure. All right, Jason, send us on home. Uh, I guess that means we will smack your ass raw next time. Later. Bye. See what, see what harm you can do. Hey, yo, dancing, no, no, chance still hands in hell. Take what's mine, they're just too frail. You can't beat me, you ain't got no chance in hell. You can't see me, you ain't got no chance in hell. Dancing, no, no, chance still hands in hell. Take what's mine, you're just too frail. You can't beat me, you ain't got no chance in hell. You can't see me, you ain't got no chance in hell. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck. 
at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>